This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This episode number 28, entitled Jewish Preexistence, Both In and Out of the Bible. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. I am your host. As we have seen in many of the previous studies of this podcast, the nature of Christology within the Bible is often complex and sometimes confusing to interpreters in the 21st century. The goal of the responsible interpreter to place ancient texts of Scripture into their historical, social, and theological contexts is sometimes a difficult endeavor, requiring a lot of study and careful analysis. Since modern readers of the Bible are 2,000 years separated from the culture and world of the New Testament authors, the need for responsible teachers to properly recreate the context is of utmost importance. The purpose of today's podcast episode is to examine the concept of Jewish preexistence, particularly when it deals with the promised Messiah. Jewish preexistence is the understanding that valued persons, places, and things were planned and purposed within God's mind a long time ago. In other words, this manner of preexistence should be considered notional rather than literal preexistence, since these persons, places, and things preexisted in God's plans rather than literally existing alongside God in heaven. There are actually a few key texts in the New Testament that exhibit this sort of Jewish preexistence, namely Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20, and Revelation 13 and verse 8. I thought for our study we would read these passages. We've looked at them before in some previous episodes, but it's good for us to review ourselves. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 23 says, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man, attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, this man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. There we see in Acts 2, verses 22 through 23, that Jesus, the human being, was delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. So we can see there that the theology of Luke demonstrating the sermon of the Apostle Peter, believes that God had a predetermined plan and foreknowledge that involved Jesus the human being ultimately being handed over to the Jews to be nailed on a cross. So there we can see the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God that fits within what we have seen as Jewish preexistence. The next passage we'll look at is 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20, where Peter says, quote, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. That's 1 Peter 1.20, where we can see that he, referring to Jesus, was foreknown before the foundation of the world. He's only appeared in these last times for the sake of you. This word foreknow is the Greek verb proyonosko, which means known prior to. And so Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of the world, meaning he was known within God's plans and purposes prior to the foundation of the world. 
Okay, another example there of Jewish preexistence. The next passage we'll look at is Revelation 13 and verse 8, which says, All who dwell on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain from the foundation of the world. That's Revelation 13 and verse 8, where we see that the Lamb has been slain from the foundation of the world. Now, clearly, this can't be read literally, because Jesus couldn't have been killed and slaughtered from the foundation of the world. It seems here that this was something that was said fully because it was surely stated within God's plans and purposes that the lamb would be slain, would be slaughtered within God's plans and purposes all the way from the beginning of God making those plans at the foundation of the world. That's Revelation 13 and verse 8. So what we can see here is that there are three passages within the New Testament that exhibit Jewish preexistence, but what is helpful is to place these within the context of the understanding and the teaching of Jewish preexistence. And so we should now turn to look at many of these passages within Jewish literature that demonstrate this type of preexistence. Namely, the understanding that persons, places, and things can be spoken of within God's plans and purposes from a long time ago. So let's look at some of these passages. The first one we're going to look at comes actually from the Babylonian Talmud. The Babylonian Talmud, obviously written after the New Testament, and it is a commentary on the Mishnah. And in the Babylonian Talmud, we have two identical passages that talk about things that were created before the world was made. And so it's interesting to look at this particular language and the things that are listed within this. So in Babylonian Talmud, tractate Pesherim, passage 54a, and also the identical passage in Nedarim 39b, it says this, Seven things were created before the world was made, and these are they, Torah, repentance, the Garden of Eden, Gehenna, the throne of glory, the house of the sanctuary, and the name of the Messiah. Notice there, it's not the actual Messiah, it's just the name of the Messiah. I'm going to continue with the quote. Torah, because... Quote, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before the works of old. Passage from Proverbs 8 and verse 22. Repentance because, quote, before the mountains were brought forth, of even before you had formed the earth and of the world, you turn man to destruction and say, repent, you sons of men. End quote. That's from Psalm 90 and verse 2. The uh, passage continues and talks about the Garden of Eden, quote, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden from a four time, where they're getting that passage is Genesis 2 and verse 8. Gehenna, because, quote, for Topet is ordained from old, end quote, from Isaiah 30 and verse 33. And the passage goes on, it talks about the throne of glory, quote, your throne is established from of old, end quote, from Psalm 93 and verse 2. The passage goes on, the house of the sanctuary, quote, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary, end quote, from Jeremiah 17 and verse 12. And then the passage ends by saying, and the name of the Messiah, quote, his name shall endure forever and has existed before the sun, end quote, from Psalm 72 and verse 17. That entire passage is from the Babylonian Talmud, from the two tractates, Pesherim 54a and Nidarim 39b. And there we can see that concepts like repentance, and things like Torah, the throne of glory, the house of the sanctuary, places like the Garden of Eden 
and Gehenna, and even persons, namely the name of the Messiah, were thought of, described within the Hebrew Bible, and they actually quote, as we saw, certain passages to demonstrate that these things were created before the world was made. This is a way of describing Jewish preexistence, and they thought that, notice there at the end of the list, that it wasn't the Messiah per se, it was the name of the Messiah, and they had a reading of Psalm 72 and verse 17 that suggested that the name of the Messiah was present prior to the Son, prior to the creation of the Son. And that actually is a legitimate way you can translate the Hebrew there in Psalm 72. So that's a major passage demonstrating Jewish preexistence. And the interesting thing is that it was apparently popular that it showed up twice within the Babylonian Talmud. Also in the Babylonian Talmud, in Peshirim 54a, it says this, There are two things that entered into God's mind to create on the eve of the Sabbath, end quote. Notice there that the writer is saying that there are things that entered into God's mind to create at a certain time. And he goes on to list two of those things. But there again, it demonstrates Jewish preexistence, things that were within God's mind, plans, and purposes before they were created. We could look at some of the Targums now. This is the Targum reading of Zechariah, and the passage in Zechariah is chapter 4 in verse 7, where the Targum reading says that God will reveal his Messiah whose name is spoken from the beginning, end quote. That's Targum Zechariah, chapter 4 in verse 7, where we can see again that it's not the Messiah who was spoken from the beginning. It was the name of the Messiah that was spoken from the beginning, just like we saw like in Acts 2, verse 23, where the Messiah was in God's predetermined plans and foreknowledge to be handed over. And of course, in 1 Peter 1.20, that the Messiah was foreknown before the foundation of the world. And in Revelation 13.8, where the Messiah, understood as the Lamb, was slaughtered from the foundation of the world. The next passage we'll look at is 2 Baruch, 2 Baruch, chapter 4, and then we're going to read a couple of passages from verses 1 through 7. This passage reads, And the Lord said to me, This city will be delivered up for a time. Or do you think that this is the city of which I said, On the palms of my hands I have carved you? Is it not this building that is in your midst right now? They're referring to, by the way, the Jerusalem temple. And is that which will be revealed with me that was already prepared from the moment I decided to create paradise? And I showed it to Adam before he sinned. But when he transgressed the commandment, it was taken away from him, as also paradise. After these things, I showed it to my servant Abraham, and I showed it also to Moses on Mount Sinai. Behold, now it is preserved with me, as also paradise. That's 2 Baruch chapter 4, verses 1-7, through 7, where God speaks about the city, the city Jerusalem, the city obviously referring to to the city and the temple, and he also talks about paradise. And he says that these two things, these locations and these objects, were with him. On two occasions, he actually says that these things were with him, and I think of John chapter 1 and verse 1, where the word was with God, and these things are preserved with him, despite the fact that God showed them and revealed them to Adam, to Abraham, and to Moses. So we can see there that the language of things being with God can be preserved with him, even referring to locations and things. It's another interesting example of Jewish preexistence. 
Let's look at another passage here. Genesis Rabbah is a midrash, a midrashic commentary of the book of Genesis. And in Genesis Rabbah, chapter 1 and verse 1, it says this. In human practice, when a mortal king builds a palace, he builds it not with his own skill, but with the skill of an architect. The architect, moreover, does not build it out of his head, but employs plans and diagrams to know how to arrange the chambers and the wicked doors. Thus, God consulted the Torah and created the world, while the Torah declares, in the beginning God created, from Genesis 1.1, beginning referring to Torah, and in the verse from Proverbs 8 and verse 22, the Lord made me from the beginning of his way. That's Genesis Rabbah, chapter 1 and verse 1, where it's very clear that the way that the writer is trying to explain how God created the heavens and the earth from consulting God's Torah, which this writer believes pre-existed within God's plans and purposes, he uses the understanding of an architect that employs plans and diagrams. So the way that he describes how God did his creation in Genesis chapter 1 he uses the analogy of plans and diagrams. And of course, he makes his argument from the Hebrew Bible, Genesis 1.1 and Proverbs 8 and verse 22. While we're in Genesis Rabbah, I want to read another super important passage. And this will probably be the passage that we close with today. There are actually many other passages in Jewish preexistence, but I thought to pull out the juiciest ones and the ones that are the most helpful in placing our New Testament passages that we looked at within the responsible and proper context. Still in Genesis Rabbah, here the passage is chapter 1 and verse 4, which says, Six things preceded the creation of the world. Some of them were actually created, while the creation of others was already contemplated. Okay, I'm going to pause right here before I go in and read more of this. It's interesting here that the author listing six things, and he's going to make a distinction between things that were already created, as in physically created, and things that were just contemplated, meaning they were within God's plans and purposes. And so it's interesting to see which place that he puts the variety of persons, places, and things within these two categories that he has created. I'm going to continue with the quote. The Torah and the throne of glory were created. The Torah, for it is written, the Lord made me from the beginning of his way prior to his works of old, from Proverbs 8 and verse 22. The throne of glory, as it is written, thy throne is established of old, Psalm 93 and verse 2. The creation of the patriarchs, meaning Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was contemplated. For it is written, I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree at her first season, from Hosea chapter 9 and verse 10. The creation of Israel was contemplated. As it is written, quote, Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased aforetime, Psalm 74 and verse 2, end quote. The creation of the temple was contemplated, for it is written, quote, Thy throne of glory on high from the beginning, the place of our sanctuary, from Jeremiah 17 and verse 12. And the name of the Messiah was contemplated, for it is written, quote, His name exists prior to the Son. End quote from Psalm 72 and verse 17. That is Genesis Rabbah, chapter 1 and verse 4. And it's interesting there that he has two different ways of talking about preexistence. Things that are already created and things that were just contemplated. And it's interesting that the Torah and the throne of glory were actually created. He thinks that the Torah and God's actual throne upon which he sits and rules were actually created. 
But when it came to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the entire nation of human beings in Israel, and the name of the Messiah, these three things were contemplated. They were within God's mind and plans and purposes. So the name of the Messiah, according to this passage, was within God's plans and purposes, just as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, were within God's minds, plans, and purposes, as with the entire nation of Israel being within God's mind, plans, and purposes. So, in conclusion, we have observed that Jewish preexistence which is an understanding regarding persons, places, or things of value that were planned and purposed within the mind of God can be seen in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, 1 Peter 1.20, and Revelation 13 and verse 8 in regard to the Messiah. Since Jewish preexistence was prevalent in many extra-biblical writings, many of which are inarguably non-Christian Jewish writings, This demonstrates that the New Testament writers were in continuity with Jewish expectations and understandings about Israel's Messiah pre-existing within the plans and purposes of God. If you enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to financially support the work that it is doing, please check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thanks so much for listening to us today. Again, my name is Dustin Smith. I am your host. And until next time, take care.